Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the Everything Voice of Us podcast, The African Perspective. I'm T-Code, your host, and today we're going to be talking about voiceover equipment. Well, this is a very interesting topic for me personally because this is something I love to talk about. While I was starting early in my journey, I had to understand the many voiceover equipment that exist and they've really helped me a long way to ensure that I deliver quality production, quality voiceovers to my clients. And I think for everyone who's going to be doing voiceovers, it is very important for you to understand this equipment and how they work, especially after COVID, right? It is, I mean, COVID really forced a lot of people to try to create home studios. And how do you go about creating a home studio if you don't understand the equipment that you should use in your home studio? In another episode of this podcast, I'm going to be bringing someone um, we'll, we'll be talking about home studio setup together. But before we go into, you know, the acoustics and understanding how a home studio works, I thought I should just talk about the different voiceover equipment that exists and um, how you can use them. All right. So if you're a beginner and you're thinking of what to buy, this is a very, very important episode that you should pay attention to so you can know the things to buy and what to expect or how to use them. And in case you've been doing voiceovers for a while, I mean, of course, it's okay for you to also listen because there are a couple of things you never know. You might just learn from this episode. All right. So uh, let's get started then. The first thing I'm going to be talking about is your computer. Um, you can't start a voiceover business or you can't start a voiceover production without a computer. I mean, that's like the basic. That's where everything is connected to. Your different voiceover gears are connected to your computer. And that's the platform or that's the tool that you use to produce or to edit or to receive your recorded files. All right. So... After you do your voiceovers, the computer is the next place that takes in the voiceover and you're able to create or man manipulate your voice, produce whatever it is that you want to do. So the computer is an essential component of voiceover recording and editing. It is used to run the door or the software, process digital audio and store recordings and project files, okay? So I mentioned door and somebody is thinking of what is a door. I'm going to talk about that next. Mind you guys, I didn't talk about mic first because I believe that before you get a mic, you need to first of all have a computer. How do you use a mic to record when you don't have a device on which you're recording your voiceover, right? Uh, I'm not going to go into the technical details, but one of the things you need to look out for when you're getting yourself a computer, a couple of things I, I believe you should look out for is one, you want to get a computer that is noiseless or that emits minimal noise, right? Um, this has been a challenge for me particularly. I had a gig one time and it was supposed to be a directed session, right? After recording the session with the client and the voice of a director, I sent them my raw file and they realized that there was a fan noise coming in to my recording. And I mean, it, it wasn't so glaring when I did the recording. They didn't listen, they didn't hear that. And neither did I really pay attention to it. But when I got the feedback, I knew I needed to change my computer. So I changed to another type of laptop that really does not emit so much noise. And one of the quick solutions to this is getting yourself a MacBook or, you know, an Apple laptop. And that's why a lot of voice actors would prefer to go for an Apple laptop because most of them 
or as as far as I know, they don't emit noise like many of the Windows laptops that we use. So you want to check that out. And if you're getting a Windows laptop, you want to make sure that it's one of those that emits the minimal noise or doesn't even emit noise at all. Another thing I think you should look out for is the processor speed. You want to get a laptop that is going to work efficiently and it won't lag. Because while you're recording, it's important for you to get the audio real time as you're putting it into the microphone it's entering into your computer real time and you don't have lags you don't have delays you know so check out for laptops that have high processing speed right and so you can work easily on them you just want to make sure that your computer is advanced enough to be able to power your door that's your digital audio workspace which i'll be talking about next and also it doesn't emit so much noise um, I think majorly, if you can get this two sorted, you're good to go as far as your computer is concerned. So computers are the first thing that I'll advise that you pay attention to. The next voiceover equipment or gear that you should pay attention to is your door. Now, this is not really an equipment in the real sense of what an equipment means, but then it's also a tool that we use to produce our voiceover works. And what is a door? A D-A-W digital audio workstation that's what it stands for digital audio workstation now it is a software application used for recording editing and mixing digital audio so when you have your computer how do you use it to record you don't plug your mic straight into your computer and just press the record button because computers come with recorders right it doesn't work that way you need a software that you'd use to put your voice into the computer and you can manipulate your voice, you can edit your voice and do all sort of mixing. And that software is what we call DAW. There are different types of digital audio workstations that exist like Logic Pro, Pro Tools, Adobe Audition, Reaper, and a lot of them like that. The interesting thing I've found out over time with these digital audio workstations is that some of them are designed, or most of them actually, are designed with music in mind. Well, because it's a tool for mixing audio, it's going to be used more by music persons, um, music producers and all. But nonetheless, other people use it as well. Voiceover production or voiceover producers, they use the digital audio workstations, right? So for me, and from what I have observed over time in the industry, I believe that Adobe Audition is perhaps one of the most used in the industry. So, I mean, if you go on YouTube, most of the tutorial videos on how to mix, how to um, edit voiceover works, a lot of them are being done through Adobe Audition. I use the Adobe Audition 2022 versions. Um, their Adobe Audition is a good tool for voiceover recording. I'm not really sure about how the other DAWs work. I've tried one of them before and it was kind of like a bit complicated for me. So I just stuck to my Adobe Audition. The interesting thing is that they are designed to do almost the same thing, right? To help you mix your audio. So as long as you can find efficiency in using one of them, I mean, that's good for you. The options that exist in Adobe Audition exist in many other DAWs. So it's you being able to use those tools that really does matter. Like how you can use Adobe Audition to remove noise, 
to compress your audio, to normalize, to multi-track, and to do many other things like that. You can do those things on your DAW. Now, DAWs are not free. You need to pay for them yearly, right? So you can check that out. If you go to their website, whichever DAW you're getting, you can download them, check that out. Um, but I think the free version from Adobe is Adobe Audacity. Now, Adobe Audacity is also a very cool one. It's the very basic one. I think it's even easier to use than the Adobe Audition, and it's free. So a lot of people start with Adobe Audacity, and after a while, they upgrade to Adobe Audition. Whichever one you can afford to go for, just know that you need a DAW, that's a door on your computer, to be able to record and edit and mix and master a voiceover for yourself. All right, let's talk about the most anticipated of them all, I guess, and that's the microphone. The microphone, of course, is what you see every voiceover artist use. Everybody's got a picture with their microphone in their voiceover studio. People think the mic is all there is to it. Of course, that's probably the most important, I guess, of all your recording gear. It'll determine the quality of your work. Of course, there are a lot of other things that determine the quality of your work. But the microphone comes probably number one or number two. And if there is any contender with the microphone about which comes number one, it will be your recording space. But that's not what we're talking about today. So let's talk about the microphone real quick. The microphone is a device that converts sound waves into electrical signals, which can be recorded and processed because your voice is a sound wave. And the mic has a technology built in it that is able to convert those sound waves to electrical signals. And the electrical signals can then be recorded and processed and your computer will be able to access them because they're electrical signals. But there's a way the microphone works or there are ways that the microphone works and you need to understand this so you make the right decision when purchasing your next microphone. There are essentially two types of microphones. We've got the condenser microphone and the dynamic microphone. I don't want to go too much into details, but what you need to understand about the condenser microphones are that they are built for studio use and they are very, very sensitive. That's why a lot of voiceover artists will use the condenser microphone as opposed to the dynamic microphone. What is it about the dynamic microphone? They're actually a very rugged type of microphone. They reduce background noise as much as possible and they are majorly built for outdoor use. So they're the type of microphones that music artists use when they're performing live because, I mean, they're rugged. You can handle them easily and they don't pick that much background noise. But condenser microphones are very, very sensitive, very fragile as well. They're built for studio use. So they can pick the nuances in your voice. And that's why we recommend condenser microphones for voiceover artists. It doesn't mean that dynamic microphones cannot be used, actually. You can use a, a couple of dynamic microphones to do your voiceover recordings. But understanding the differences will really help you to know what to buy. When I was going to start my voiceover career, I started with a dynamic microphone. That's the Shure SM58. And the reason why I bought the SM58 at the time was that I needed a device that wouldn't pick that much noise because I wasn't in a properly treated space. And that mic served me for a good while. 
All right. So um, you can, of course, buy a dynamic microphone if you don't know where to start from. And I think the most affordable and still most professional that I can think of at the top of my head is the Shaw SM58. But if you have a proper space that can accommodate the condenser microphone, then you should go for a condenser microphone. There are a couple of them in the market. And, uh, well, today is not about microphones, so I, I may not be able to tell you different types of condenser microphones, but a lot of voiceover microphones that voice actors use are condenser microphones. One more thing I think I need to let you guys know if you're going to go for a microphone, if you're going to go get a microphone, is that microphones these days come in either the XLR version or the USB version. So what is the meaning of XLR? What is the meaning of USB? Originally, microphones were designed in XLR version. So XLR means that your mic is an analog device and being an analog device, it cannot be interpreted by your computer. So the XLR cable is the cable that is being used to transmit the electric signals which is in the analog mode to an audio interface, which I'm going to talk about real soon. And the audio interface passes it to your computer. So the audio interface converts the analog signal to digital signal that can be processed by your computer. Um, I'm still going to talk about the audio interface. I'm really not done about talking about microphones because there are like two divisions of microphones that I should mention. That's the XLR and the USB microphones. But before I talk about them, just to make sure that this can be understood by you, I need to talk about what XLR means, which is another voiceover gear or equipment. And I need to talk about um, the audio interface. So let's talk about XLR quickly. XLR actually is a type of cable. You have like USB cables, you have XLR cables. Now, XLR cables are a type of cable commonly used to connect microphones to audio interfaces or other equipment. If you look at any microphone, the cables that connect the microphone to whatever it is that you're connecting it to, they're called the XLR cables. If you observe very well, they have three pins and they're designed to reduce interference and noise in the audio signal. So XLR cables are actually designed to reduce the noise in the audio signal, which is a very good thing. So now that I've told you about XLR cable, I should talk about the audio interface because the XLR cable cannot connect directly to your computer. Your computer wasn't designed to take in signals from your microphone using an XLR cable, which means one thing. There is another device that the XLR cable is plugged into before your computer can get any feed from the mic. This device is called the audio interface or the sound card. So the sound card or the audio interface is a device that connects a microphone or other audio source to a computer, allowing the sound to be recorded or processed digitally. Now, let's track back a little bit. Remember that I said that your mic converts your sound waves into electrical signals. Well, those electrical signals are in analog mode. Your computer, on the other hand, cannot understand or cannot interpret analog mode signals. It can only understand digital signal. It can only process and interpret it. So what happens is your XLR cable takes the analog signals 
into your audio interface or your sound card, your sound card does the job of transforming those analog signal into digital signal that can be read and processed by your computer, making it possible for your computer to record whatever sound wave is entering into your mic. Now, I hope you're not confused at all. Just understand that when you speak to your mic, your computer cannot understand what you say to your mic. So, the XLR cable takes whatever you said into your mic to the audio interface and the audio interface is that device that interprets that signal that is coming from your microphone into a digital form that can be understood by your computer. Alright, so the audio interface is very, very important. Another thing you should know about your audio interface is that the audio interface is not just for connecting your microphone. Other devices can be connected to your audio interface and this includes your studio monitors or your speakers. I'm going to talk about that later. This includes your studio monitors, your headphones and perhaps you have other equipment like a guitar for instance, you can connect it as well to your audio interface, right? So the audio interface takes all of those audio signals and transmits them directly to your computer and so your computer can understand, can process the sounds coming from the other analog devices that are connected to it, okay? But then how is your audio interface connected to your computer? It is connected to your computer via a USB cable. So it's really easy. You just plug in the USB cable coming from your audio interface and your computer can read all of that. Now, let's go back to the microphones. You know, I said I'm going to talk about two different divisions of microphones. So already by now, you should understand what an XLR is. It's the cable that helps connect your microphone to your audio interface. But guess what? We have microphones that don't require an XLR cable, but rather a USB cable. How does that work? The scientists who designed the USB microphone simply took the technology of the audio interface and merged it into the microphone. So what that means is that with a USB microphone, you don't need an audio interface to connect to your computer because the microphone itself does the work of converting the analog electrical signal to a digital signal that can be passed to your computer directly via a USB cable. I hope this is not confusing you. I'm just trying to help you understand that when we call a mic a USB mic, it's a mic that doesn't need an audio interface because the work of an audio interface is already been done by the mic. If you're buying a USB mic, you don't need an audio interface. The downside to this, however, is that it has been discovered over time that many of the USB mics lack the kind of quality that the XLR mics have. Why? Because the process of transforming an analog signal into a digital signal is a lot of work for the microphone. And while it's doing that work, it's most likely going to emit some sort of noise, right? Some sort of like background noise, that kind of digital noise. You're probably not going to hear it, but when you record, you may hear it in your recording. And this, of course, is going to affect your recording quality. Nine times out of 10, voiceover professionals and producers will recommend you getting an XLR mic instead of a USB mic. Although I have to say that a couple of companies have been working on some very, very good USB mics. For instance, we have the 802020 USB, which um, I've listened to professionals who use it and they say it's a very fantastic USB mic. Shaw also has a USB mic. That's the Shaw Motive 7. It's a podcast mic anyway, but it's a good one. I mean, that's what I'm recording through right now. And there is also the new mic from 
Rhodes, that's the Rode NT1A 5th generation. A fantastic USB mic that I also would love to get. As a matter of fact, it's a hybrid mic. So you can use the USB version, you can use the XLR version, and both will work very well. Same as the Show Motif 7 that I'm using right now. So um, a few options that you can explore if you want to buy a USB mic. But the main thing is that you need to do your research to know which of these mics to purchase. So before I go any further, let's do a quick recap. I spoke about computers, which is like the device itself that you use to receive all of the other things. I spoke about the door, digital audio workstation, which is the software that you use to record your voiceover. Then I spoke about the microphone and I've extensively explained the microphone and how it works. And then we spoke about the XLR cable, which is the cable that you use to send signals to the fifth thing we talked about, the audio interface. And then the audio interface is what takes that signal into your computer after it's been able to process it from analog signal to a digital signal. Now let's talk about the other things quickly. You have the pop filter and the pop filter, which is also known as a pop shield or pop screen, is that device that helps reduce plosive sounds in vocal recordings. Now what are plosive sounds? They have sounds like so there are sounds that explode from your mouth when you're pronouncing certain consonants like the P sound, the B sound. Those sounds can be annoying to the ears and you don't want them to spoil your voiceover recording. So the pop filter is that round mesh screen that is placed in front of your microphone that helps reduces those plosive sounds, okay? So you need a pop filter because you're going to be saying a lot of consonants and you don't want those plosives to affect your voiceover recordings, okay? So you need a pop filter. The next thing I'm going to talk about is the mic stand. Now, the mic stand is a device that helps hold the mic in place during your recording or your performance. The mic stands can be adjustable in height and position, and it allows for flexibility in microphone placement. Of course, like I said earlier, you don't want to be holding your mic while you're recording your voiceovers because that in itself can be a lot of distraction. Then a lot of noise is going to go into the mic because you are holding it, you're touching it, you're shaking, you're vibrating, and that's called mic handling noise. So you need a device that can help hold your mic in place without shaking, and that's what the mic stand is. Moving on quickly, we've got the headphones. <laughs> They're really cool, right? But beyond just being cool, there are a couple of things you need to understand about the headphones. So I'm going to talk about the headphones and the studio monitors back to back because both are doing almost the same work. It's just that one is putting the sound directly into your ears and the other is, you know, filling the room with the sound itself. So the headphones are a device used to monitor your audio during recording or mixing and they provide a way to hear the recorded sound in real time and can help identify any issues or imperfections. So that's why you need a headphone. So you can hear the recording real time. You can hear your sound. You can hear the sound of a perhaps a background music. You can hear the sound of perhaps your voice of a director. That's if it's a virtual live recording or you're trying to mix and produce a voiceover. So the headphone helps you to monitor this audio. What you should understand about headphones is that for voiceover works, we use what they call reference headphones. You don't want to use just any type of headphones. And why we call it reference headphones is that 
reference headphones are designed to give you the sound just the way it was produced with the right frequencies and not enhanced for music purpose. Because most popular headphones that you have that are not reference headphones, they're designed for music. They're enhanced in such a way that makes you enjoy music, instruments and sounds generally. But for reference headphones, they are not enhanced in such manner. If there's any enhancement that goes into a reference headphone, is to ensure that you hear the real sound, the original sound, either it's the voiceover that was recorded into your door or the soundtrack that you're using to mix your voiceover production. That is the job of a reference headphone. So if you want to buy a headphone for voiceover, you don't just go buying any type of headphone. You want to ensure you're buying a reference headphone and you can do your research on the type of reference headphone that you want to buy. There are a lot of products out there from the Audio Technical to the Bear Dynamic to the AKGs and so on and so forth. Even Rhodes now have a reference headphone. So you can check that out based on your research and find the type of reference headphone to buy. Now, I said I was going to talk about the studio monitor alongside the reference headphone. That's because, like I said, they do almost the same thing. Only that the studio monitors don't go straight into your ears. So studio monitors are specialized speakers designed for use in recording studios. And they are designed to accurately reproduce audio and provide a flat frequency response, making them ideal for mixing and mastering. Just like I said, for the reference headphones, they reproduce audio accurately. They are not enhanced to try to give you a version of the audio that has the frequencies adjusted for music pleasure. No. As a producer, you want to hear the original sound unadulterated and that's what studio monitors provide you. Notice that they are not called speakers. They are called studio monitors because you use them to monitor your audio. But they are a type of speaker anyway. A few things that I also should touch on is your isolation shield. The isolation shield or reflection shield is a device that helps reduce unwanted sound reflections and noise in your vocal recordings. It is typically a curved panel placed behind the microphone to isolate it from the surrounding environment. If you think that your space is not properly treated enough for voiceovers, you can get an isolation shield and that way you can have a more decent sound because it's going to reduce unwanted noise and protect your microphone from, you know, those unwanted noise. In most cases, isolation shield comes as a mic stand as well because they have a stand that you can place your mic on the top. So it's more like a two-in-one function. It serves as a mic stand. It also serves as a shield to reduce noise. So you, you know, you can consider getting an isolation shield. Plus, they're really cool. When you take a picture recording into your mic in an isolation shield, it, it kind of gives you that professional look and feel, right? So for the aesthetics, it's also a good thing to consider. At this point, I've covered about 10 voiceover tools, but at the beginning of this episode, I said I was going to talk about 12, right? So let's just dash quickly into the last two. The manuscript stand or the script stand. A manuscript or script stand is a device used to hold scripts or notes during voiceover recording. It helps the script in a visible and accessible position, allowing the performer to read the script while recording. So that's just about it. You don't want to be holding your paper and the rustling of the paper produces background noise into your microphone. So the manuscript or the script stand helps with holding your script in place and all you have to do is look and read 
without touching or without holding the paper. And finally, let's talk about acoustic panels. Now, acoustic panels are specialized panels designed to absorb or diffuse sound in a recording environment. They can help reduce unwanted reflections and echoes, creating a more acoustically balanced environment for recording. In my studio, I've got some acoustic panels and they really help me to reduce echoes. Every studio needs some sort of acoustic treatment. Every space actually needs an acoustic treatment if you want to enjoy recording in those space. Acoustic is another word that is used to describe sound design. And uh, when we say sound design in a studio, it's just about how sound travels in a space. Because when you speak, you produce sound waves. These waves travel and when they hit a wall or when they hit a hard surface, they bounce back. And that bounce back is what you hear again as an echo or as a reverb, as the case might be. Those echoes or reflections can be dealt with when your studio walls are padded with materials that can absorb the sound or better still, diffuse the sound. And that's why you hear a lot of professionals tell you that in case you're just starting and you don't have a studio, you should record in a closet because your closet is typically full of clothes and clothes can absorb sounds. They're not hard surfaces. But then you can record in the closet forever and if you're going to build a home studio or just even a recording studio, you need materials on the wall that can diffuse or absorb sounds. And that is where the acoustic panels come in. These panels are designed to absorb or diffuse sounds. They're usually soft, they're like foams, they come in rectangles or square. There's also the bass trap, which is another type of acoustic panel. And in some cases, some people will use curtains in their wardrobe. And I mean, there's a whole lot to talk about in terms of acoustic panels. And perhaps in the next episode, I'll be interviewing a colleague of mine who recently set up his home studio and we'll look at home studio setup together and the things you need to pay attention to. In any case, I hope you understand what the acoustic panels are and how they help with sound management or sound treatment. All right, guys, these are the 12 voiceover tools that I think it's really important for you to know as a voiceover artist. Um, obviously, by now, you know that you don't need to get everything at once. You can get some of them, the most important, the most basic for you to have your recording done. And as time goes on, you can upgrade, you can buy more, you can even buy a better version of the ones that you're using already or that you've bought before. So uh, a quick recap, let's just run through the 12 one is the computer, two is the digital audio workstation, three is the microphone, four is the XLR cable, five is the audio interface, six is the pop filter, seven is the mic stand, eight is the headphone, nine is the studio monitor, ten is the isolation or reflection stand, eleven is the manuscript stand or script stand, and twelve is the acoustic panel. I think I deserve a big thank you for doing this. And um, well, one of the reasons why I decided to talk about this is that it's one of the most asked questions that I get from beginners and people who are very interested in setting up their home studio or getting audio gears. So I hope this helps. You can recommend this episode to anyone who is interested in learning a bit more about voiceover equipment or voiceover tools to get started in their voiceover endeavor. Okay, guys, so thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the podcast. And um, that's it about the voiceover equipment that I think you should know. There are a couple of them that I did not mention, but uh, these are like the basic 
the major ones that you should know. Well, uh, just before I go, if there's anything I'd like you to also um, try to sign up for is the forthcoming voiceover conference happening May 12th and May 13th of this month, May. <laughs> I said May like three times, 2023. So that means if you're listening to this in June, July, next year, two years time, it is already expired. But if you're listening to it right now, you should register. Um, the conference is happening in a week time. It's 30,000 Naira if you're going to be paying in Naira and it's $60 if you're paying in dollars. So check out the voiceoverconference.com to find out more about the event. I'll be there and I hope to see you there. And one more thing, I have spoken about all of this voiceover equipment. One of the reasons why I know so much about them is because my company also sells voiceover equipment. So if you're thinking of the right mic to get, audio interface, headphone, studio monitor, and all of that, you can check Coded Voiceovers on Instagram and um, reach out to us, send us a DM, let us know what you'd like to buy and we'll get it delivered to you. I must say that the service is only in Nigeria. So we only sell to people in Nigeria, whichever part of the country that you are right now, will get your voiceover gears delivered to you. So this is where I draw the curtain on today's episode. It's T-Code here saying thank you for listening and um, keep learning, keep researching, keep upgrading and keep getting better. Bye and see you in the next episode. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe, leave a comment and tell someone about it. Follow the podcast on everything videos on all social media platforms. Thanks for listening and see you on the next episode. This podcast is a Coded Voiceovers production.